there's that personal pain you have, that personal frustration that is tied to your purpose. And if you can figure out a way to monetize it and by serving your customers, that's the fastest route to financial freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oglesby and Scott Show. This podcast holds the belief that business and investing are team sports. We drop gems to help you turn your capital into generational legacy. We're sharing with you the best stories of successful African-American business owners and entrepreneurs. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And now, here are your hosts, Miss Flippin' in Heels, Roshana Scott, and Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. Charles Oglesby. This is the Oglesby and Scott Show. My name is Charles Oglesby here with Miss Rashana Scott. How you doing, Rashana? I'm good. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Um, we do have a special guest today. He goes by the name of Dr. Uye Abraham. Um, he is a business owner in the Atlanta area, a serial entrepreneur. He came to America with only $100. He built an eight-figure empire. Um, I actually became aware of him through the Social Proof podcast. Um, it was a great interview. I took a ton of value from it. And so we're just happy to be able to have him on our podcast and have this conversation with us all. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. It's such an uh, honor to be on your show today, and I'm glad to uh, kick in with you, you both today. So the first question we ask people is, um, who are you and where are you from? Uh, that's a loaded question, you know. So I'm Uyi Abraham. So I was born and raised in Nigeria. So I came to America a couple of years ago to uh, with a dream to be a medical doctor. So when I came to America, things quite didn't work that way. So I found myself into ministry and also to entrepreneurship. And then uh, through entrepreneurship, I just really began to see the blessings of God. So I came to America with just $100 and a suitcase of clothes, a big dream and a big God. And then, you know, somehow God just took me from there to now leading an eight-figure company. Uh, right in Atlanta. So I've done several businesses along the way. And just, I know we just, this introduction, but I just can't help but just to throw a little bit value right there to tell somebody that, you know, don't stop in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship journey because the business you start with is not always the business you're going to end with. So I've done serial type of businesses until I found my real thing, uh, which is software. So I own Bonza.com, which is the first Black-owned, only one software platform that helps entrepreneurs to do things like create a website, sales funnels, email marketing, online courses, and the rest. So I live in Atlanta, Georgia. In the Alpharetta area. And, and so usually the follow-up question for that is what was life growing up? And I'm what was like life like growing up? So I'm curious, what was it like growing up? And then what was that transition like when you moved to America? Yeah, very good question. So I was born in Nigeria. Not only was I born in Nigeria, I was born and uh probably when I was six years old, my parents they divorced. And so they went their separate ways and I was just kind of stuck with my grandmom. And uh, so I was raised with my grandma, my aunties. I was raised from house to house to house in different areas, you know. Uh, it wasn't a lot of fun growing up. You know, uh, I was in a good school, but, uh, you know, pretty much like, you know, we're not in the same financial place as a lot of people in this school. Uh, my grandma was raising us and uh, a bunch of other children at the same time. So uh, economically, it was very, very tough for us. You know, it was so bad that the only time I can eat a full boiled egg like one boiled egg all by myself is if I am sick 
or I pretend to be sick, you know? The only time I really eat uh, a full like chicken thigh or chicken leg all by myself is Christmas or Easter, really Christmas and Easter, you know? So uh, we got to eat the fish head, the fish neck, the fish feet, kind of meat that people don't eat in America. So I remember when I first came to America, I think the very first restaurant I was taking to was KFC. And I could see people eating chicken and they just kind of just take a little bite, drop it down, take another one. And I got really angry. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You are, you're wasting chicken. Like growing up in Africa, we eat chicken, we eat the bones, we eat everything because I mean, there's just not enough chicken. So when you, when you get chicken, you got to eat everything, you know? So that was how bad it was. I had to walk miles to school sometimes. You know, but one thing I was really blessed with was that God gave me intelligence. So I figured out that one of the ways I was going to come out of that poverty and that lack was just through self-education. So before self-education became popular, I started reading like Steve uh, Harvey book, uh, uh, Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just reading books to develop me. And that really helped prepare me to what I'm doing today. When you came to America, did you just come by yourself or did you come with other people? What does that look like moving to America? Yeah, so I came with my brother. So my dad, you know, fought for us, you know, to come here and continue our education and stuff. So we came the same day, actually. And uh, so I lived with, with him for a couple of months. And you know, my dad is Nigerian. Nigerian. So, you know, in Nigeria, if you're not a, if your child is not a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, or an accountant, that child is pretty much, you know, seen as not doing well in life. So my dad really wanted me to be a medical doctor. So months in, I lost interest in medicine. I wanted to just pursue ministry, you know, pastoring, and also to do entrepreneurship. And we just were not seeing eye to eye. So a couple of months in, he just one day just told me to get out of the house. They could just stand me um, because in, in Africa, when you go you know, trying to pursue medicine, uh, be the medical doctor, the whole family, the, the friend, the tribe, they see you as somebody honorable. Now you're dropping that dream to really do what? Like business? Like it was very foreign to him. So that led me to kind of a temporary season of homelessness. You know, sleeping in friends' couches, sleeping in my Geo Metro. They don't make it anymore. It's a very small car. You can Google it. Geo Metro is small, uh, probably about four feet in that. So I was sleeping in my Geo Metro car, sleeping in friends' couches, just going here and there until I was able to, you know, share a partner with a friend and, you know, just start taking the steps one at a time. Um, when you were going through this homelessness, were you... Um, starting a business, running a business, or were you still like working a job? What did that look like? I was working a job at the time. I just knew I was, I was going to pursue entrepreneurship, but I had no capital, I had no mentorship. So there's no way I could have done that. So I think my very first job in America, I was working at a movie theater, working $6, maybe 15 cents an hour. I was that guy that would cut off the, the movie ticket for you, that would sweep after you. And when I was homeless, I was so hungry. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. I kind of shared it on the other podcast you heard about. But I was so hungry that when people come to the movie theater, I would pray. I said, God, please. Don't let them kind of finish their food sometimes, you know. And some people, they just buy nachos, because we say like nachos and cheese, or hot dogs and stuff. Something they don't even touch it. Sometimes they just touch it very lightly, you know. And I'll be like, they'll be like, Abraham, go street, movie theater, age. I'll be like, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, Psh. Free food for me. You, you, you paid for it, but you didn't touch it, you know. So I kind of had to survive, you know. And when you come from Africa, you don't have that kind of pride. Like some people will be like, man, I can't do that. Well, psh, you've never, you, you've not seen nothing, right? But when you really get hungry, you're going to want to eat. And so I had to do all of those things, you know, to kind of, you know, get to where I am today. I just never stopped. It wasn't rosy, but I just never stopped pursuing my dream. It's, it's interesting because um, you hear a lot of very successful people talk about being homeless and talk yeah. about living in a car. Um, why do you think that's a common theme or a common, I guess, stopping point in that story to massive success? Ooh, wow. 
I let me just say I like the kind of questions you ask, Charles. It really forces your guests to think and to answer. It pushes a different type of uh, intelligent type of conversation like that. Uh, because I was also listening to another podcast podcast the other day, and the person was talking about people like Amazon founder, and I think uh, Elon Musk and stuff, and, and even Obama. They either lost their father or they had this pain. Their father was not around. And the person was asking, was there a tie to that being them, making them becoming very successful? I feel like somehow there's something about pain that could either stop you or drives you to success, right? So many, many, many people that are, that are successful in life, right? They are not normal people. They don't think like everybody else. They often have big dreams. They often have big ideas that forces them into a place of isolation, right? Whereby a dad can stand them and kick them out or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or somebody or something happens because people can't understand them. They're like, I want to go to the moon. I want to go to Mars. I want to build this global Amazon company. People can stand them, right? And some of those isolations and rejection pushes them away to that place of homelessness or being, you know, down to zero, right? But because they're so driven, because they, you know, they don't like pain, so that pain pushes them extra hard to succeed. But on the contrary, right, people that tend to not have a pain that that that, that they can feel, they usually don't have that extra urge to survive or to succeed. Now, Homeless, right? Now, being homeless, having a bad relationship with my dad, that brought me here. Having some siblings back home, having family back home, and being Africa. When you come to America, everybody's depending on you. Everybody, your friends, your everybody, strangers, because they feel like you're making America, they, they want you to help them to eat and to live better. So all of those pressure, all of those pain, as a way of pushing you beyond your comfort zone to be successful, right? So I can sleep eight, 10 hours, right? Because I got to eat. And when I eat, other people got to eat from my bread, right? So that was part of the motivational factor. And I feel like that pain is a common denominator with successful people. Um, That's good. Thanks so much for sharing that, um, because we've t- we've definitely talked about that before um, on the podcast of there, like you said, being a common denominator of um, pain. And like you said, you know, our situations um, definitely define us. Right. And sometimes we get to that breaking point where, like you said, you can either go right or you can go left and you know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> From the results of going either way. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you just have to try because you have, like you said, w- once it becomes bigger than you, like you say, you had people back home that were dependent on you and you know, you know, you came to America for a reason, for a purpose. Um, so that's, uh, that's good. I'm really glad that you shared that. Um, so your first business, I uh, was that, what did that look like in terms of getting that started and going and what was that? Awesome. So you know, like I told you earlier, so I've been in faith, I've been a Christian. So my very first business, I think it was in 2004. So a friend of mine, you know, he couldn't afford a gift for me for my birthday. And he said, well, I can't give you a gift, but I see you, you know, struggling with jobs and trying to figure out what to do. And it was like, okay, uh, what about, it was into web design. So what about give you a website template, right? So you can build that template, use that website template to build a, te- uh, a website for the church, you know, for the church I was a part of at the time. And so I built it. And after I built it, that was my big first light bulb moment. I was like, wow. So you mean I can build this website for our church so I can build the, a website for all the churches as well. So guys, listen now, my biggest goal in life at the time. So when you're making about six to probably maximum $12 an hour as a telemarketer. You know, that was most I could make at that time, right? So my biggest dream in life was that if I could make just $4,000 a month, right? If I could just make $4,000 a month, that'll be $48,000 a year. I'll be very, very wealthy. So 
I was like, okay, this is going to be my, my plan. I just have to find 10 churches, organizations, or businesses to build websites for at $400 a month. Sorry, $400 per client. So if I can get 10 every month, then that'll be my $4,000 a month. And then I'll be able to drive a Cadillac and just be wealthy, you know. But I didn't know that God had a bigger plan for me than just making $4,000 a month. So I went, I, I started uh, building websites for people, but then too, I've always been a student of success, mentorship. Uh, online courses was not really big at the time, but you could have a CD, uh, CD program, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, uh, Zig Zagler, all of all these people are just feeding on their books and their tapes. I'll be driving from Houston to Dallas, Dallas to Houston, feeding on tapes, you know, and I started hearing about diversification and multiple streams of income. So I started asking myself, okay, my clients, they need a website. What other service can I provide that they need it? Okay, well, they probably might need graphics too for their business card. I long self-taught myself, even with the website, I self-taught myself how to be the website. I self-taught myself graphics. Then um, after graphics, I started saying that, hey, website design, $400 is okay, but that's not really, really going to make you rich. You got to start you know, offering services where your customers will want to pay more because the perceived value is higher than I, than I stumbled into photography that, hey, I can do wedding photography. I mean, $2,000 for one night or one day instead of doing four or five websites to be $2,000, right? So as I learning about high ticket uh, value programming, so I started doing photography, I done video production, uh, websites, just doing everything in between. So from there, you know, my confidence, my expertise in business started growing. So from those type of um, businesses, then I started, you know, making up money, yeah, started doing a car rental business. I had a car dealership at one point. I had a restaurant, I had a print shop. Because now I've learned business. I've learned the law of money, which is you create value and you get paid back in return. So then I started always thinking of how can I create value that somebody will be so happy to pay me for. So I use every business I've created. Every business was as a result of my personal pain. I keep telling people, especially African-Americans, here's the problem. And I hope many of your audience are African-Americans. Here's our problem. We've been taught wrong when it came come to entrepreneurship in the culture. For, for us, business has to be this the value or service. It has to be a product, something tangible, right? Open a Bible shop, open a salon, uh, have a mowing company. It got to be something physical. But that caution, if understand that the greatest service or product you can offer is your knowledge, is the intangible, is software, is technology, is stocks, is, is bigger things, you know. But we didn't see our parents or ancestors really try to do bigger businesses. So we didn't know that was even possible, right? So, but I started like growing myself, then just started implementing things. But this is what I want to say before your next question, right? To somebody listening right now. Maybe your million dollar business is tied to your personal pain. It's tied to your personal frustration. Every business I ever had was as a result of my personal pain. I had a car. I gave that car to, I had a car, my brother wanted a car and I gave it to him to use. Then few months after, he wasn't really paying the car note. I got mad, I could not afford two cars. I'm like, give me back my car. But here's the problem, I'm stuck with the car. Thank God, I did Uber and Lyft at some point too. So one day I had the Uber driver and it took me about this place where you can rent out your unused car, bam. I got a car sitting out there in my house. I wasn't driving. I had a pain. What was the pain? I need this car to pay for itself. Guess what? That's I started my car rental business. My software company, you know, I was used to, you know, everybody have these multiple tools to run their business. One day I got frustrated, right? If I want to run my business online, why do I need five, six, seven tools, right? MailChimp for email, Kajabi for memberships, Shopify for e-commerce, 
WordPress on my website. That's craziness. It's 2021. Why is there not a really good all-in-one platform that helps me to run all my entire business in one place? In my personal pain and frustration, started it. Uh, when I started my restaurant, even though that failed really badly, I started it because I was in a, I was in an area where it was African Americans. Nobody was eating healthy. And I wanted to eat healthy, and the only option was Subway. Why is there not a Black-owned, you know, healthy cafe in the area? That's outside the restaurant, right? So every business I've done was as, as a result of the personal pain or frustration. So let me give on that bonus to somebody listening right now. Pay attention to your pains and your frustrations. Every successful person had a personal uh, a, a personal response or personal something with whatever businesses they started. They wanted to solve a problem, not just for everybody, but also for themselves. So when you think about it that once so again, what is it I hate? Some of you, maybe you hate seeing single moms suffer. You hate seeing people not being financially literate. You hate seeing African-Americans struggling financially. Maybe Charles, you you, 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 you feel that pain of not having quality conversations like this or quality informative discussion in our community and you started your podcast show, right? So there's that personal pain you have, that personal frustration that is tied to your purpose. And if you can figure out a way to monetize it and by serving your customers, that's the fastest route to financial freedom. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working the job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. A lot of value in that in that whole piece. Um, I'm curious because we're talking about um, solving problems, and in this instance, you saw a problem that needed to be solved in the African American community, but you said it didn't work out in the restaurant. Yeah, I'm curious what made that business struggle. Good question. So, <clears throat> one of the love success of business I'm at to learn is that you cannot force customers, you cannot force any product or service down the throat of customers. You cannot give customers what they don't want, okay? So I was so excited that, man, in this area called Forest Park, Georgia, it's like 90, maybe at least 85% African-Americans, low-income class. I'm like, diabetes, heart disease is killing the culture. There got to be some clean food. I'm trying to start eating clean. So I'm going to put a cafe restaurant where we're just going to focus on healthy food and healthy snacks, right? But the problem was I was trying to give people healthy food that wanted ribs and they wanted uh, sweet, sweet lemonade. They wanted Kool-Aid. They wanted sugar. So I was trying to make them eat healthy, but they were not ready for it, right? So that was the fastest reason why it did not work. It was the wrong location. Right. But if I put that restaurant concept in maybe Midtown or where there's a different demography that already wants what I'm offering, it would have worked fine. But I was trying to force them to do what they did not want because they will come in every day. I'm like, I don't want to eat no salad or sandwiches. I want ribs. I want, you know, I want this love, uh, all this different stuff. Like, man, we're trying to make you eat healthy here, you know? But they didn't want that to just the wrong location. Yeah, that's definitely the struggle of being an entrepreneur and also kind of wanting better for your people is sometimes you just got to sell them what they want. (laughs) And if you don't fight them, then you can win. Um, So you have five laws of success. I believe it's five. Can you talk to us about those laws? Yes, yes, I'm going to uh, share them shortly. So they all start with aims, right? So the first one is mentorship, right? The law of mentorship. You cannot go where you've never been. You need somebody that's been there to show you or take you to where you need to be. You know, Moses, you know, the children of Israel, they wanted to experience God. They wanted to experience the promised land. But then Moses that's been with God for 40 days and 40 nights to 
help you understand the voice of God. That's why we need pastors and church and mentors, right? So if you want to really go, so anybody listening right now, you really want to go where you've never been. You need to find somebody that's been where you've never been to teach you, to show you, to give you the GPS to where you need to get to, right? So a mentor is like a GPS. A mentor is someone that helps you to, one, get better, to show you the shortcut to success because they've been where you're trying to go. So number one, you definitely need a mentor. You cannot do it without mentorship. If I had, I remember too, one time I uh, I was trying to open up a photography studio. This was in Dallas, Texas. And I was, and I went to a mentor that already had a photography studio. And he advised me, he said, don't do it because at the time, digital photography was increasing, phones were getting better. And he said, people don't really want to come to studio anymore, right? So don't waste your money trying to get this big studio, you know, just figure out a way to have locations for shots and stuff like that. Guess what? I did not listen to the mentor because I was so ambitious. I wanted to have my own photo studio. And guess what? It flopped, you know? If I listened to that mentor, I would have saved myself the headache, the time, and the finances that I put into that photo studio, right? So number one, you need a mentor. Everybody is not qualified to be your mentor, right? And everybody cannot be your mentor, right? So number one, you need a mentor. Number two, mindset. Mindset is one of the biggest secrets to success. You know, I still have the same work ethic that I have today, like I had a few years ago. But my finances have increased steadily. Why? My mindset have increased, right? When you, when you think better, you're going to do better. When you think better, you're going to live better. When you think better, you're going to succeed better. When you think better, you're going to associate better. So mindset is a factor of every single thing. So if somebody want to go from zero to five, six or seven figures, right? You got to change your mindset. You got to expose yourself to certain things and certain things, right? You cannot be, uh, uh, this is another example, right? So when our finances was kind of bad, we were living on the south side of Atlanta. Then when it started getting better, then it wasn't really getting that much better. But one day my wife was just like, I'm done. <laughs> we got to go up north where different kind of people live, different income and stuff, right? See, when we moved that plane, in, when we moved north, right, in a year, everything changed. Why? Mindset. Mindset is not just only how you think, but also to how the people around you think, right? When you wake up from your, when you wake up and you open your door and you hear people yelling, yeah, you see trash outside your house. You see people sagging their pants. You see people just living life recklessly, going nowhere. It has a way of telling your mind that it's okay for you to be just like that. But on the contrary, when you live in an environment or you see an environment when people are like walking hard, driving nice houses, uh, nice cars, living nice houses, right? It also has a way of telling your mind that it's not okay for you to be where you where you are, that it's time for you to, uh, you know, for you to level up, right? So mindset. So I like to teach and I, I like to not just only tell you what to do, I tell you this is what you should do, but tell you how to do it. So how do you develop your mindset? It's going to be books. It's going to be exposure. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be env- changing your environment, right? When we were on the South side, we could not afford living in Alpharetta because it was really so expensive for us at the time. But this is what we did, bro. We will come, we will, we will be uh, on the South side and come on the weekend and rent an hotel for a nine to two just to be in Alpharetta. We did at least three times every year. We just come to the area we could not afford rent an hotel. And it wasn't even an expensive hotel to be like a, uh, 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 not days in, there's a cheaper one. What's it called now? Uh, uh, not Red Room. Oh, one is cheaper. Uh, extended stay, extended stay America. Yeah, we stayed in extended stay, not even in the upper ones, but we just wanted to be in that environment, we wanted to look, we just wanted to see, wanted to dream, wanted to be inspired. 
God said, Abraham, as far as you can see, I've given to thee. But what about if you cannot see that far? You cannot go where you've not seen. And many times you have to first go in your mind before you, your money will catch up. Let me say it again. Your mind has to go there before your money will catch up, right? But you better, you better be preaching out here. <laughs> <laughs> but in an environment where you cannot dream, where everybody's telling you, man, it's okay to be poor. It's okay to be on full stamp. It's okay to do this and do that. You know, that like somebody owes you something, the white people, the Asians, all this, all this other stuff, right? It puts your mind to sleep. Sally, many smart, intelligent, gifted African-American men and women are sleepwalking because that they are parts of their environment. That's why if you watch, before people really become successful, another key to is that they usually leave their comfort zone. They leave their environment. They move to a different city or they move mentally or they move to a different neighborhood, you know, before they can succeed, right? So number two, mindset is going to be key uh, in terms of being able to second secret to success, right? Number three is mantle right? Mantle is what you are called to do. You got a mantle, Charles. Roshana, you got a mantle. Your mantles might collaborate, but also different, right? My mantle might be different. The mantle on your life is the pain you were put on, on the earth by God to solve. I love to help people. So that's why I have to create a software company. There are other things I probably could be doing with my time right now that will be more profitable for me than what I'm currently doing. But it will not give me my greatest level of joy or satisfaction because I love to help people. I love to serve. So every business I create now, it has to align to my purpose, my pain. I'm solving that pain for myself and other people. So having a mentor, working on your mind is great. But the third thing, the third key to success is, are you are you wearing your mantle? Or are you trying to wear what other people are wearing? Oh, wow. Charles and Roshan are so good on the podcast show. I'm going to have my own podcast. But that might not be your mantle, bro. That might not be your mantle, sis, right? Maybe your mantle is in stocks or is in helping single mom, creating an online course or some other things, right? When you align with your mantle, you release tremendous favor on your life. And the people who are supposed to help you to succeed <clears throat> will come to your life, right? So mantle is very, very crucial, which is what is the pain you were put on this earth to solve? What is that thing? you are supposed to do and sadly most jobs are not going to let you do that because you they, you're just there to make the bosses rich and they just cut you a check right so but when you start thinking about okay what's the mantle what's what's i really want to do that solves the problem for others i don't believe god just puts us here on the earth just to have a great life without affecting or adding value to other people right so number three is your mantle, which is very, very, very crucial, was the problem you are called to solve, right? So number four will be your message, right? So in this day and age, we're in the 21st century, we're now in the information age, right? You got something to share with some people. Social media is right there. If anybody go right now and put whatever content or social media that helps somebody, they're going to make money, right? Uh, oh, so many examples. You know, I have courses as well, right? I've made a lot of money from my courses and just by just sharing good information, right? Sharing information on courses or on taxes. We're like, hey, man, can you teach me how to do taxes? Sharing information on course creation. Oh, can you teach me how to do that, right? In this day and age, you know, you got to be willing to know something and teach something, right? So that's <clears throat> that's your <clears throat> excuse me, that's your message. So what is your message? What is it you are trying to share or to put out there <clears throat> to other people? Now, so there's a guy I'm sure you already know, uh, David Chance, right? He has a podcast that is doing, I think, social proof podcast that is doing quite well. But for a long time, it wasn't doing quite well. For a long time, he barely got any any traction, even though he had, you know, some really serious, uh, popular people, but nothing happened, right? So, but he just kept at it. He kept at it, right? Until he got to where he is today, right? So, he has that message. He just kept putting out that content. I put that content <laughs> right now. That show is probably doing like seven figures right now, right? But it didn't start from there. Yeah, they get your kind of crazy sponsorship all kind of traction, right? 
So, but it started from somewhere. So your message is important. Your voice is important. Don't be mute. Don't be like, I'm shy. Guess what? A shy mouth don't get fed. Okay. If you're shy, you're going to eat. You're going to go to bed hungry. You got to put your voice out there. Put your face out there. Say something. Shout. Talk. Yell. Make sure you heard. Make sure you say something people want. Okay. Then the fifth one is momentum. Momentum. Don't stop. If you stop, you will not get to your destination. I don't care how motivated you are. I don't care how great your intentions are. If you stop, you are not going to get to your destination. So don't stop. Don't stop. I don't know how else to say don't stop. Just don't stop. You might fail. Learn something. Figure out how you failed, why you failed. Move on to the next one. But just don't stop. Because everybody who became successful today are successful because they never stopped. This same person I just told you by show, his show was barely doing nothing. It was just a year ago during the pandemic that everything started going on. But if he had stopped, he won't be where he is today. Don't stop. Consistency is the key to success. Um, These are the five keys. Mentorship, mindset, mantle, message, momentum. One of the things that I like that you were saying is like that exposure piece. And even if you have to rent the exposure, they talk about sometimes just going to a restaurant and certain books talk about this, where you just go to the restaurant, maybe you can only order a salad, but at least you're in that space, you're in that environment. Or I like just the renting in a hotel, like that's next level. Um, Some people, they say before they got the car they wanted, they had to go rent it on Turo. And now they drive that car because I think that we can all achieve all these things. We're all human. People who are living in the homes you want to live in are human. But it's that that mindset piece that can kind of keep you small. And I like how you touched on that, how you were saying that if you're around people that make it okay to be poor and just make it seem like that's what we do, then you go to sleep. You don't even create these ideas. You don't even imagine what could potentially be. Um, So I, I want to talk about Vonza. What was your um, pathway to get in towards to launching that company? So what was the what? So like what led you to lead to create Vonza? Yeah, so I was doing online courses, you know, since 2010. So I created an online course and then I need a website for it. Then I need email marketing. I need an email marketing service to message people about my courses then I need, I wrote books. I need to sell my books on Shopify. So I was just all over the place. So that pain and frustration dealing with technology and getting plugins, all these different things led me to say, this is craziness. There got to be a better way for a small business owner like me that don't have a big budget for a big team that can help them run all these different uh, pieces to their business to simply just run their business online. I want to run my business online without tech issues and complications. I don't want to use 20 tools to do that. So that was, and when when that came to me, you know, so I started researching, there's really nobody doing it the way we do in terms of the all-in-one, real complete all-in-one solution. And that was how Vonza came about. And Vonza was not, people also asked me about the name, was it a combination of words? No, nothing. I just... Uh, it just came to me, Vonza. <laughs> I don't know what it meant at the time. I still don't quite know what it means. Uh, people have sent me some stuff. They can Google on what Vonza means. Um, but I just know it's Vonza. And so that's how we started Vonza. That was around. So I working on it since 2018, 2019. They were officially launched in March, sorry, February 14th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Did you have a background in technology or like what helped you kind of pull it all together? Because I've had that similar situation where, like you said, you're using all of these systems. Like there's so many logins right now, right? (laughs) It's it's, just a mess, right? But but you got to make them all talk to each other to get it all work. So I totally agree and see the value of your company. Um, And I'll be checking it out after we get off of... um, but what what was that like like pulling it all together because like i said i've had that before even like inside of my 
CRM right now that I'm using for my realtor business. I'm like, hey, you know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And everything I think of, like I'm now incorporating, but I'm like, you know, there should be things already in place that are automatically doing these things. Right. But but instead, like I'm being forced to build it. So how does one go about pulling all of that together? Very good question. So, I mean, I, I could build a little website, but I don't have, I didn't have the technical expertise to build Vanza. So, but because, you know, I've been trained well to know that, okay, what I don't know, I just have to figure it out, right? And let me just give another bar to somebody listening right now. What you don't know doesn't mean you should stop. It just gives an opportunity to figure out something, right? So what I don't know, I just try to, I just, I, I have to figure it out, but I'm not going to stop because I don't know. So some people will be like, well, I want to be the software company, but, but not, I know how to build, write code. Figure out how to get other people to help you write the code or something, right? So for what I did was that, you know, I just started outsource, uh, sourcing for, for engineers, software engineers to help me build it. And chosen a rosy process, right? You know, went through different teams until I found the right team that can help me to build it. And so that's just what it was. I wasn't I wasn't able to write enough code to build it. So I was able to uh, put my team together right now. We're probably about pushing over 30 people that work for Vonza right now. And uh, probably 25 of them, they work overseas because I another thing too, software engineers in America are very, very expensive. So I had to go overseas to get engineers to build our software. So most of our technical team are outside of the country. And there are websites like Upwork, TopTal, Fiverr, but not serious ones. There, if you want to really build any technology company, Upwork, TopTal are really good ones where you can go and say, hey, I'm trying to build this. And you got all these different engineers and developers that will, you know, try to auction for it. And you just kind of go through each one. So, yeah, so that's how we built it. You know, so I have to put the technical team together and then we just start building from scratch from day one. Hey, ladies, this is Roshana Scott. And are you looking for a community of women real estate investors? If so, I want to take a quick second to share with you Infinity Membership. Sorry, fellas, but Infinity Membership is a women's only online community for newbie and experienced investors. Come let your hair down and join a non-judgment zone sisterhood where all of your questions about investing in real estate get answered. This is also an opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Other seasoned and successful women in the industry share their success tips often. Our live group sessions are twice a month and we support each other daily within our private Facebook group. Our sessions range from driving for dollars to working with contractors to out-of-state investing, raising private capital, marketing your deals, and so much more. Does this sound like something that you've been looking for? Well, we would love to have you. For more information, visit us at bit.ly forward slash infinity membership. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash infinity membership. Um, what other success in business did you have before Vonza? Because we've talked about the companies you started. We talked about the companies that didn't work out. But what was a success story in business that you had before you got to this point? Yeah. So uh, my courses have done well. I've got online courses. I teach um, people how to do several things. I had a tax preparation business. So, and, you know, uh, you know, I had a course teaching people how to start tax preparation business. Uh, I had a course teaching people how to uh, become a life coach, uh, be a counselor, all these different things. So my courses were generating income, really, really good income for me, six figures at a time. Uh, also, too, my car rental business was really, really good. Uh, I was doing hundreds of thousands a year <laughs> from renting our cars. Uh, so also at the Christian University. Uh, where people come to get uh, religious-based degrees. So that was also a really good income for us as well. So uh, then I was doing coaching here and there. So we just pretty much coaching, consulting courses, car rental, tax business, online Christian university. Uh, that was pretty much the main things that were just kind of generating the income to even fund Vonza because Vonza is self-funded. It was when, but when, we, when I came on the show on that other podcast you're talking about, 
Somebody from that podcast reached out to me and said, hey, I know you said funny, but please, can I invest in Vonza? I was like, uh, I've never really taken any investor money. I thought it was that serious. I didn't even pay me any attention. I was like, I want to fly down and come meet you in your office and let's talk. He came, he wrote a check, became our first investor in Vonza from the show. So who knows, maybe somebody from this podcast might call me and write me another check and I'll be happy to take it. <laughs> If you guys want to invest in this show, we'll have his information in the show notes or in his business, rather, we we'll have all his information in the show notes. But that's the power of podcasting and creating our own media. Um, yeah. We really I think we've hacked the the whole media because, I mean, media controls so much. And the fact that we can create media, get it on Apple, get it on YouTube, get it to billions of people is huge. It's a story and a narrative that we control as opposed to what they allow us to put on to the mass airwaves. So that's cool and great to hear. So Bonza essentially is, would you say is like a replacement for like a WordPress or Wix? Like it, it ultimately helps you build out a website and integrate like all of these different common platforms that most people will, will use? Exactly. You got it. So it's a replacement for Wix and WordPress and themes and plugins and so a, hosting teach, site. Huh? a hosting site. And then click on a hosting site. Yeah. Everything hosted all in one place, right? Done for you seamless. So in the past, you have to go get WordPress, then get a hosting for it and get developers to customize it for you. You don't have to do all of that anymore. It's 2021. I mean, people are going to the moon and we're still using 20 different tools because people are still in darkness, right? They still we're trying to get them from BlackBerry to start using the iPhone, you know? So so, so that's where we are now. So yeah, so Vonza is really a website that integrates 12 plus tools you will need for your business. And some people might only need one or two or three, but you know what? It's just a big relief to know that, hey, now you want to create forms. It's right there. You don't have to use Google Forms. You want to sell books. You don't have to integrate Shopify. It's right there. You can have uh, sell products, eBooks, physical products, digital products, right? Oh, well, like this minute, I think this minute was scheduled with Calendly or something, right? If you guys were using Vonza, you can use the Vonza scheduling. It's, it was just as great. Uh, you can do free meetings or paid meetings if you want to, you know, charge for your meetings and stuff. Uh, we're coming out soon with SMS and CRM, uh, SMS, CRM, and live feature. So when that comes comes out, so you really probably don't need to use Zoom anymore because you can just go live with Bonza Life, you know. So we're trying to really think about the tools that entrepreneurs need. I'm putting it in one place. So your whole business in one dashboard. You don't have to remember multiple logins and all of this craziness that people have been accustomed to, right? But, you know, just like with human behavior, when we're so used to something, it's hard for us to easily change. Like even our culture, like you were saying earlier, Charles, right? But we're breaking, you know, we're breaking the curse, right? We're bringing people into the light of the easy way to run a business in the 21st century in one simple place, not using 20 different tools. Um, How many creators do you have on the platform right now? And what's the goal to grow that? Yeah, so right now we have about 10,000 users uh, in, in in 15 months that have you know created an account or currently paying as a Vonza customer. So, but that's just the start. So we love to be in 100,000 uh, customers in maybe about five years or so. And if we can get 100,000 customers, we're gonna easily be a $1 billion company. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal is to be a $1 billion company. And also let us sign up something else to working on to. Uh, as a black man, it's been hard to get loans from banks and, you know, to build a company too. And I also said on that, that show too. And uh, uh, we got a couple of people reaching out to us too, like, hey, want to invest in some kind of bank or lending thing. So we're looking at 2022 uh, to have a kind of a banking and lending solution as a part of our Vonza offering. Uh, whereby surely African-Americans will be able to get the business loan, small loans to pay the bills before the check comes in or business loan to grow that business, you know. Um, what was my other question? Oh, so you specialize in talking about building six and seven figure online businesses. So before we wrap, I kind of wanted you to touch on that because, I mean, you've done it. It seems like almost all your businesses are online in some capacity. So yeah. you talk to us about that. 
Yeah, so the whole world is online. So if any if anybody is not online, they, their business is still really existing in the 21st century. So I think it's still part of the principles that I shared earlier, like mantle, you got to solve a problem. What problem are you solving? I think Roshana says she's in real estate, right? But now here's the trick now. Many times now I have people that I'm coaching, that I'm working with that is making more money teaching what they know than doing what they were taught in school or doing what they know, right? So I, I got, I know somebody that's having a real estate course, teaching people how to qualify for, for house, how to be that, all of all this real estate stuff, real estate investing and stuff, you know? So your mantle is your pain and what you are called to solve, right? You got to figure out a way to create online course. I tell people, create an online course. It is not complicated. It is really, what do you know that somebody else need? But many times we we undervalue our own experience, our own our own uh, skill and knowledge, and we feel like it's not good enough for somebody else. We just showed a commercial this weekend uh, from our one of our creators that teaches people how to play the ukulele through online course, right? But in the past, you have to get physical students and and tap on their door and beg their mama and put a card on their mom on the soccer mom's car in the grocery store and please bring your son or daughter to learn ukulele, right? But now you don't have to do all of that stressful stuff. Just record yourself showing you different ways to learn the ukulele, put it on a platform like Bonza, and then you just use your social media. Everybody have at least a thousand friends on social media and say, hey, I have a course that will teach you how to learn the ukulele, right? And then you'll be amazed how much you make from that. I mean, people teach the weirdest thing uh, from dating, from uh, how to go on vacation, how to add weight, Right, as I'm somebody that's teaching people how to add weight, I told everybody want to lose weight. But interestingly, there's a segment of the society that wants to add weight. They don't know how to add weight, right? There is nothing, your skill, your passion, your expertise, your story, right? Your concept, somebody needs it. And also too, it's not just for the financial gain only, but also too, I think it's a moral type of responsibility that when you know something, you should teach somebody else, right? And uh, once you do that, they're going to pay you for that. And it's the fastest way to create an online business or coaching. Coaching is also growing too, right? Somebody's depressed. Somebody's going through a tough time. Somebody's going through a career change. Somebody's going through a relationship issue. Somebody needs an advice and they'll be willing to pay you a hundred to $2,000 just to help them. Sometimes even counseling. People pay you just to listen to them, right? And you out there, you say, I, I don't know what business to do. Just put yourself out there. And I think that's one of the main things I, I want to drive on from this show today. Just put yourself out there, your message, your mantle, and also to momentum. Just don't stop. Because one business fails doesn't mean every other business is going to fail, right? Nobody, I don't know if anybody that I can think of, and I've read a lot of books, that a business was just linear and vertical. It's rare. Most people, it's a little bit ups and down. Then you kind of figure out your mojo. Then it's a wrap from there. Um, this story is, uh, I mean, your life and your whole experience is truly inspirational. You live a real lush life. Um, how do you stay, I guess, grounded? Or I mean, what is it like to, to come from where you came from and to achieve such massive success? Like mentally, what is that like for you? How do you manage that? Uh, it's a very deep question because I'm still not used to it yet. Let me put it like that. Because the problem with poverty is that poverty is very traumatic. When you stay in it so long, it takes a long time, years, sometimes decades to really snap out of it. So sometimes I forget I'm rich. <laughs> sometimes I still eat chicken bones and no one will leave any, any chicken on the, you know, on the plate, you know. Sometimes I, I'm still scared to spend money, you know. Some, some of this psychological prison that poverty put me in, I still struggle with. So uh, I still work as hard, uh, if not harder, like when I was making $14 an hour, right? You know, and, and, I, and I also see successful people, they don't stop working. In Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, they still put in like 16-hour days. 
you know, because now the goal is not money. The goal is to solve a bigger problem, right? So how can I create this bank? I'm just telling you about. How can I take my company to 100,000 and customers in five years? How can I help a thousand African-Americans start the entrepreneurship journey of Bonza? That's my biggest one. I want your help on that. And that's why I was so happy to do this show as well. We got to get more of our people into entrepreneurship. And that starting a business is not always by selling something physical, but you can sell your knowledge, you can sell your experience, you can sell your time. And let's get them into, and let's use our own platform, blackonbonsai.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rishana. You're on mute. Any last questions for him? Um, so like Charles said, um, your story is definitely um, inspiring. And I love, I think the um, repeated thing throughout the interview is taking your pain and turning it into profit, right? Um, and taking those pain points and turning it into, like you said, successful um, businesses, but more importantly, businesses that solve problems. Because like you said, um, the the underlying um, bottom line to having successes in business is creating value, right? And whether that be the uh, product or a service putting out in the atmosphere to solve people's problems and being compensated for it and compensated well. Um, I also think it's great that you that you went ahead and did that because in today's society, like I feel like there's so many businesses that you know, you know, people are like may come across something that they're like, oh, this would be a great idea, or oh, this would make my job easier, but it might be too difficult to pull together, or they might feel as though, oh, there's somebody that's already doing it. Um, so there was a lot of good points um, throughout the interview in regards to just uh, staying motivated, like you said, not giving up, keeping that momentum um, and going forward. So with that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and lead into our uh, wrap up questions. Uh, we just have a couple of questions that we like to ask before we let our guests go. And um, the first question is, who is someone you look up to and why? Elon Musk. <laughs> Why it's just crazy. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, what is your favorite um, business book? That is hard. But the one that really helped me is the, the most memorable one for me is, is a long title. All you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. That's the title of the book, real title of the book. And it's written by A.L. Williams. I think he's the guy that founded Prudential uh, Financial, right? Uh, I read that book years ago. And all you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. And that I never forgot that quote from that book. So it should be my favorite book. So all you can do is all you can do, but do all you can do. And when you do all you can do, even if it's not enough, don't beat yourself up because all you can do is all you can do. And all you can, but all you can do is enough. Yeah. And like you said, like all you can do is, is all you can do in that moment too. Right. But like you said, if you keep that momentum, like what you, all you can do today is different from all, you know everything that you do tomorrow or next week or a month from now. Um, but that's good. You're, pre you're preaching now. You're preaching good. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to look up the book. So um, next question. What does wealth mean to you? Financial freedom and philanthropy. Uh, we, because I'm from Africa, uh, we have several people, hundreds of people that we take care of every month. You know, we feed people, we help people with school, schools, food, clothes, weddings. Please, I'm getting married. I have no money to get wedding dress. You know, we do all of that stuff. Education. Education and entrepreneurship, that's what really helped me. The two E's, education and entrepreneurship. So we really do a lot to help people to get, you know, educations, uh, scholarships, funding of school is very big for us. Then entrepreneurship, teaching people, investing in, you know, giving seed money to start businesses. Yeah. And uh, what sets apart successful business owners from those who give up, fail, or never get started? pain, personal pain that drives them. Awesome. So thank you again for coming on the show. Um, our last question is always, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? And where can they support what you have going on? 
Yeah, thank you guys. Go to bonza.com. I don't know if this is video or audio podcast, but if it's on video, I wore the t-shirt just for you. V-O-N-Z-A, bonza.com. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, first name is Uyi. It's spelled U-Y-I. You are Abraham. You can find me on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as well. Also, please go to vonza.com. Start a 14-day free trial. No credit card required. Absolutely. If you like it, pay. If you don't, we'll be just glad you gave it a try. So please go to vonza.com, create a free account. And hopefully you start a business on Vonza because entrepreneurship is the only way to freedom in the 21st century. So we're definitely going to have the link to Vonza, the sign-up link in the show notes as well as in the link tree. Um, I'm curious, before I let you go, um, you're a very uh, religious person and your name is Abraham. How much has your name played a part in your drive? Ah, Very good question. Uh, Abraham is one of those characters that always also inspire me too. Um, It does, you know, uh, it's life, you know, Garcia, as far as you can see, I'm going to show you. So, and that's, I follow that blueprint all the time. I expose myself to what I want to see, you know, uh, driving a, what was my car at the time? I don't remember, probably a, I don't know, maybe Toyota or something. Oh, went to a Bentley dealership within a year. I got my Bentley, went to Rose-Rice dealership within a year. If I can see and believe it, I walk hard. I just trust that God's going to give it to me. So I've always followed that biblical principle. I, just, I think names are so powerful. And I think certain cultures are very conscious about what they name their kids um, because they're trying to speak that over their life. So this was an amazing episode. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of it. I did. I'm a, we just do these podcasts for us so we can get the value and we can grow so we can get the Rolls Royce and the Bentley. Um, but I appreciate you for taking time out of your busy day to come on the podcast. We definitely will have all the information in the show notes. And uh, any last words, Rashad, before we take them out? Uh, no, great show. Great podcast. Great episode. Um, great inspiration. Again, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate you. And um, I'm sure once this comes out, all of our listeners will appreciate you as well. So, again, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Charles and Roshana. This is awesome. I'm so glad and honored to be talking with two amazing people today. And thank you for doing this, you know, and for uh, giving opportunities to people like us and also for educating the culture. So we really, really need it. So you guys are really adding value to our culture. And I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Well, this is another episode of the Oglesby and Scott Show. My name is Charles Oglesby with Roshana Scott, and we are signing off. What's going on, podcast listeners? This is your man, Donald The Voice, the official editor and podcast producer of the Oglesby and Scott Show. And listen, I just had to come in and tell you that we appreciate your listenership. And I want to give you a special offer for listening to this podcast. If you have voiceover, podcast, or video editing needs, let's talk. You can go over to DonaldTheVoice.com forward slash contact, and I'll be happy to talk with you about what you need and how I can serve you. You want to sound good and look good so that people can feel good and do good as a result of listening or watching your content. And I'm here to help you make that happen. So let's talk. Go over to DonaldTheVoice.com forward slash contact, and we'll talk. Have a good rest of the day evening morning whatever time it is and i'll talk to you soon